fellow Americans. We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is free. Every man, woman, and child had a right to a future of freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Tagline Podcast brought to you by Tag Strategies. This is a podcast about pop culture, politics, potential, what's coming up, and what we think about it. I am one of your co-hosts today, as always, Aaron Perini, joined, as always, duh, by Christian McMullen. Christian, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. Both the Bills and Michigan are on bye week, so. I really don't care about Michigan. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> both my teams are on the bye week, so. I know. We get it. We get a, a quiet week. week. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, a lot of. A lot of worrying. Just going to have to drink and watch other people play football and not <laughs> <Yeah>. care. <laughs> yep. I'll at least probably be a little more emotionally stable this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. No blood, uh, like uh, heart heartbeat spikes. My yeah. Apple Watch sometimes. Oh, my God. Well, the good news is we do have our therapy dog, Lincoln, here today. He's not really a therapy dog, but I brought him in. And he was like bouncing around so happy, walking around the office. Everybody was so excited to see him. I opened up a conference room door where three people were there like, Lincoln. Oh, my God. So now he's uh he's here snoozling, sleep under the table, but he definitely lifted uh, spirits in the office today. Yeah, because what we're eighteen. Eighteen days from the midterms. You I said I would do it. You and did. I did, <laughs> I did have to write a statement with it today. So, so like, it was top. It was what would you say? It was. It was top of mind. Top of mind. Top of mind. Very yeah, good. it was very, very good. good. Yeah, well done. Because I almost said nineteen. Yeah. Uh, so it's coming. Yeah. And. Uh, Unsurprisingly, we say this week after week, and we said it for a long time. Republican, this is a midterm that was going to favor Republicans, and it's absolutely happening that way. You saw, you saw uh, ABC's generic ballot puts Republicans ahead. The RCP average has Republicans ahead. This is breaking exactly how we thought it would, would break, which is toward Republicans. Um, and that's because the same issues remain the top issues, which are the economy, inflation, cost gas, all of those everyday pocketbook issues are what are motivating voters the most to go to the polls. There are other things that are motivating some. There are still some single ticket, you know, single issue voters. Um, but this is exactly what what we thought it was going to be, right? And uh, Democrats are really panicking because there are a number of races across the country that have Democrats on their heels in a really untraditional way. There are a number of races you can point to. You could point to Tiffany Smiley running for Senate in Washington State, a great Republican candidate out there. Um, you can talk about the Republican running in Colorado, Joe O'Day running for Senate out there. A poll released this week had him within two. Um, you know, the Mitch McConnell back super PAC has put money into that race to help O'Day as well. Um, that is a really tight race. And there is the second largest uh, voting age block in Colorado are Hispanic voters. And across the country, we are seeing Hispanic voters break in historic levels toward Republicans. So if you're in a race like Colorado, if you're at Joe O'Day, and not only do you see yourself climbing in the polls, but you know that the subsect of voters that you need to be targeting is starting to break your way as well, it's it's not a bad forecast going into these last two and a half weeks. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's a number of warning signs, too. Uh, we saw just this week, Steny Hoyer called on, uh, in a letter, called to his uh, Democratic colleagues, basically, if you're in a safe seat, you need to send 10% of your cash on hand to the D-trip to try to, you know. Give them money to yeah, be able bo- to. boost boost some of these things. Obviously, you know, the, the, the Democrats do a great job when it comes to raising small dollar donations, but, like, they are not always, uh, they're not always the best at, getting those assets distributed the way they need to. And um, I think I think that's certainly something that is uh, it, like that. That's a concerning that's it's just a bad headline to have come out, especially if you're sitting over at the D trip and you're trying to project confidence that you're going to hold. Well, right, uh, because the this, sh- this shows that right now Democrats are having to fight for seats that Joe Biden handily won. And when we say that, we're talking seats that are plus that went plus five Biden plus 10 Biden, right? Like yep. seats that were well with outside what you call like a statistical margin of error. If you were doing polling, those seats are now on the map and pick up opportunities for Republicans. Uh, what race do you think you're watching closest? Yeah. So a uh, couple two in New York, um, like we mentioned the, the issue with the D trip, the D trip and a little bit of trouble, uh, they are spending four million dollars, right, to to defend. No, McConnell or not McConnell. McCarthy put in four million dollars oh, yep. against okay. against Sean Patrick Sean Maloney. Patrick yep. Maloney D trip chair, which is something that like McCarthy's th- backed pack. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Not, not which just, is something I think a very like that is that is a that is one of the those most are important sirens. Seats. Yes, for those two, are for sirens. two reasons, right? It's it's an important seat in and of itself, and it's another thing to to genuinely like that means they think they have a chance like that. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we taught, looked at races that is like, if only we had another million or $2 million to throw at a certain candidate and to be able to take out the chair of the D trip who is obviously, and they have to bring in outside money now yep. to bolster Maloney because yeah. he's pulling so terribly. And he is the guy. This is, that's this, why, that's why I like, had to send that out. Right. This is why there are huge, like red flags, red sirens. Like if you are a Democrat, you need to wake up and pay attention because we are in the home stretch here and you are having to stand up and put money forward for the guy that is supposed to run the campaign arm for Democrats. Yep. It's, yeah. it's wild. I mean, it just shows how much closer we are to Republican control of the house for sure. But if you're, if you're in New York and you're playing in a race like Sean Patrick Maloney's, it's not the whole race. Um, but you know, when you're looking at seats like that and States like that, if, if you're looking in a number of these bluer States, Colorado that, you know, for instance, Washington, if Dems are having to put money in to protect what they already have, that's a bad thing for them. You, you want to play into, if you're in politics right now, you should be spending money to play into, to seats you can pick up, not, not protect seats that were easily won before. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, I would know some someone might like, and again, I uh, plenty of liberals on Twitter were saying like, oh, that this is just more of an attention grabbing thing. It's like, no, no, the, the party with the resources and knowing that we are on the verge of taking back the majority would not be spending that money if it was not like it is not just about beating Sean Patrick Maloney to have a headline. Like it is, it's about winning the majority. Like we are trying to win the majority and every seat matters when you're talking about the, right. It's not a $4 million spend to spook the D trip. It's no. a $4 million spend because yeah, it's, it's what not people are seeing, right. $400,000 million, gamesmanship, $4 million. <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. And especially in, in New York too, the thing that uh, the, you know, the other part of the equation is, uh, Polls are tightening in the governor's race yeah. dramatically. And Kathy Hochul put out a statement responding to a Quinnipiac poll um, that, you know, she took 
particular issue with mentioned in the statement about how it was undercounting Democrats. It's one of those pitches you very, very rarely see a winning campaign swing at. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to comment about public polls. Like, there's obviously, there's certainly people who love to tout polls publicly. and it's, Right, that's the, that's the danger of polls, right? Like, yep. if you celebrate good ones, you have to explain bad ones. Yes, and <laughs> they, in both of these cases, are trying to explain a bad one and tout a good one, which is just a, a pretty weak, can- like, this is, again, this is the incumbent, though she wasn't elected, but still incumbent Democratic governor of New York your your big one of your big three blue states, right? It's yeah. always New York, California, and what, yeah, depending on who you ask, what the third one is. Um, yeah, I mean Massachusetts, Connecticut. You get up into that New England area, you yeah, can you it, can make the case that's a regional thing. Um, but I mean, even you could even say that Colorado, while it is more of a purple state, does tend to go more toward blue yeah. than it does red. Yeah, I mean. But anyways, to say that, it, it, like the fact that the New York governor's race is polling within four for Lee Zeldin, again, like red sirens, red flags for Democrats. Do you, and I know you know this, so I'm asking a bit more rhetorically. Do you know the last time that a Republican won governor in the state of New York? Yeah, 2000, right? No, 1994. The red mm-hmm. wave. Oh yeah, okay. Pataki. Yep. He was in for a long time. Yeah, but he won a didn't he win? Yeah, because he, he was in until '06. Okay, yeah. Yes, but like the last time we flipped, flipped it, got it. That's what I meant. Yeah, last yeah, time we flipped. Say. So 1994 was the red wave year with Newt Gingrich, the contract to America, uh, where Republicans won for the first time in 30 years the House of Representatives. And that was one of those big red wave midterm years. It was the first midterm for Clinton as president, and. Man, if that doesn't just give you if if I'm if I'm a New York Republican, I'm getting like a little bit of like good vibes right now. The big thing is dollars in New York because buying into the New York media market for TV ads is expensive. Yep. Is one of the priciest markets in the country. Yep. And that that's tough. Um but the like it's exciting, but Hochul needs to have a real big collapse in support in the city, but with crime up, yeah, it's it's not unfounded. Does and she, New York's a low, a low turnout state. Like we're talking yeah, exactly. like 20 yep. percent. So like a collapse in her support in the city isn't we aren't talking four million people. Yeah, we're talking a few hundred, like, like maybe it, like like maybe a few hundred thousand, maybe a million. Like if I'm Hochul, I'm more concerned about people not voting than people voting for Lee Zeldin. That's right. The, the What you do, you know, in New York, well, it's everywhere. You call it undervoting. We're like maybe you skip a race. And you vote somewhere else. Or if you're a Democrat in New York, you're like, man, I can't vote for a Republican, but I can't do Hochul anymore. And you just don't go. Yep. You just don't go to vote. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the issue being, too, in a lot of these congressional races in the city, when we're talking more about the base voters, like, the biggest races were the primaries. Yeah, the the, the bigger concern is going to be, one, if people undervote in New York, where, like, they skip the governor's race, but they vote for the Senate race, or they skip the top two races and they only vote for the House race or whatever, right? Undervoting where your vote still gets counted for something, but you didn't want to vote in the other races. Yep. Or just Democrats staying home. Yep. Um, either of which could happen in New York. Yeah. Man, how wild would that be? It would be, it would be very crazy. And again, like, New York government, it's one of those, it, like... And Albany is a cesspool. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's one of the it's city. one of I don't want to say the most, but one of the most corrupt you know state governments. We've had 
I mean, just, just atrociously bad governors Ugh. from if you David so you Patterson, talk, yeah, David Patterson to uh, Elliot Spitzer to, to David Patterson. <laughs> what know, was he? Client, no, client number nine. Yeah, man. Yeah, Cuomo. I, let's just keep it going. Like, let's just keep talking about how bad all the New York governors have been. And Kathy, o, like Kathy Hochul is just, I mean, she's, she's from Buffalo, so she's not ever really been. She's a Western New York. She used to have an A, at least an A rating from the NRA. Yep. Which she's, uh, which she's turned back on. Yeah. She's, she's a, she's a notable person, but I, I don't think she moves the needle in New York city. She got very lucky that the primary worked out the way it did yeah. for her and that she didn't have to really ultimately face that much of a challenge. Based on the way things Republicans are going. can play right now in New York. If they run up the message on crime, they could really like they could really be you know it, yeah. could, it could be a bit more aggressive in New York, and that would be hugely exciting. But all of that is to say what we already know, which is this was going to be a year for Republicans. Yep. So those are races we're watching. I'm watching Colorado Senate. Obviously, as New Yorkers, we're both watching New York, but the yep. governor's race for sure. And, Maloney's raised something to keep an eye on. Uh, the midterms are coming. And one of the big things for candidates that they need to keep in mind is before you're a candidate or if you're doing any kind of interview, right? Vet the outlet you're talking to. Um, if you're not careful, I mean, the internet is forever. And if you don't pay attention to who you're doing interviews with, you are going to get yourself in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Like Mandela Barnes, who is the lieutenant governor of Wisconsin right now, is running for U.S. Senate against Senator Ron Johnson, the Republican in the, who is the incumbent in the seat. Um, he did several interviews on Russian-funded television denouncing the United States police. One, you've got a message issue. Yep. Two, you are on foreign TV bashing your own country. And three, it's Russia. Yeah. Like, let's talk about the idiot trifecta. Boom, boom, boom. There it is, Mandela Barnes. Yeah. And this is like the advice goes for vet your interviews for sit down interviews and also anyone who you're speaking into a microphone wherever they may come up to you. Because especially now we're in the final stretch. You're going to be all over the place. You're going to be shaking hands. You're going to be in diners. You're going to be all. And someone's going to come up to you, especially in these smaller markets. And you don't know who. They'll say they're one thing. You don't know. There's going to be, especially in your bigger races, there'll be the like foreign course like this, but like your foreign correspondents from random countries that will not play by the same uh, level, like rules. They'll they'll jam a microphone and everything. Like, yeah, here's the thing. Unless you are working at, unless you are working in the executive branch with the president, right? Like the president talking to international media, I think makes a little bit of sense because you have to play on a global stage. Yep. If you're running for something in the United States or you're in United States focused politically, there's not much upside to doing a Sky News or a BBC or a yep. Russian backed entity in an interview. They're, Unless they're, you're chair of FRC right, or yeah. you're talking, you know, the House, yeah, yeah, Senate Foreign Relations Committee yep. or Unless House. that is your thing and it is and you definitely shouldn't be talking about elections on it. But. Yeah. But like you, you just have to be careful. And and this not only is the message bad and, and all of that, but like Pay attention to who you talk to because one, you need to value your time as a candidate and as a person to say, I don't think that's an interview I want to take. And two, you should have a team around you. Or if you're just an individual, like I do TV, there are interviews that I will say no to because I do have a value to my time that those aren't, aren't to be very blunt, aren't worth it. Yep. Um, Russian TV, I can tell you, is like a, a total zero on my uh, 
like platform of places to go, but also like have like have somebody around you that can tell you like that's a bad idea. Yep. Well, uh, he's not going to win anyways. Ron Johnson's going to win re-election. Yep. And it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Anything else? Very exciting. Not on not on that front. All right. Well, we're going to do uh, two stories on pop culture, which is not our normal thing. Normally, we just do one, and then we talk bills. But it's the bye week. Yep. So we had to up the pop culture. And Got some fun stuff though. We well to find fun. Um, there was a story over this week that a very popular restaurant in New York City uh, had banned James Corden uh, for being rude to staff. He'd been rude. He had yelled at them. And the owner's like, I've had enough of you. You're out. And publicly said that. Yep. Corden turned around and apologized to the owner of the restaurant, not to the waiter, to the owner of the restaurant. If you, here, just like real quick sidebar, if you do something to somebody, you apologize to them. You don't apologize to their boss for what you did to them. Yep. I think that that is in such poor taste and be an adult and own up to your, we all make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, right? Yep. Um, that was a Hannah Montana song. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was Brittany. That was my bad. Oh, my God. That's it. We're just going to. I'm just. Can't work like this. I just. I don't know. Wow. 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 I just. I apologize to you and not <laughs> Britney. Not Britney Spears for thinking she was Miley Cyrus. This is unacceptable. Yeah. Anyways, apologize to the person you offend, not to their boss. But that to say, he should have apologized to the owner and to everybody, right? Like, I misbehaved in your restaurant. I was rude to you. I did these things. I take accountability. I am sorry for what I did. Give a solid tip. Like, yeah, don't be also just don't be a trash person. And like, don't be rude to wait staff. But this whole story comes out. Corn apologizes to the owner. The owner says, fine, you can come back. Okay. That seems to be the end of the story. Fine. Uh, Come to find out that uh, recently a guy who used to work for Conan O'Brien on his show remembers years and years ago that Conan O'Brien fired a staffer because he had heard the staffer was rude to a waiter. And I'm like, what a tale of two hosts. Yep. You know, like you're like, if you're rude to, and, and I can fully believe this. Like if you're rude to wait staff, you're dumpster fire, awful person. Like these people are working hard. They're bringing you your food. They, could very easily spit in it. Like, don't be that person who's rude to... Other, don't be rude to other people. But don't be rude to the people serving you food. Yeah. It is shocking to me that James Corden found a way to be more annoying than he is on Carpool Karaoke, but he did. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 really... An, like, it's unfortunate, too, because, like, late night guys, like, everyone watch Their, their currency so often is people thinking they're nice like and ability. fun. Yeah. yeah. And Ellen like, DeGeneres. I've always, yeah, I've always, I've always hated James Corden. Like for what did James Corden do to you? I don't was have it a cats? great reason. I just was I, it cats. It, I mean, it, I didn't see cats, but I'm sure it it's cats. offensive. Um, he was good in Into the Woods. Yeah, I didn't see that. The either. movie. Uh-huh. I just he he's someone who certainly just rubs really me. not sure why you don't like him. Then. He just he rubs me the wrong way. Well, I find karaoke. I just find oh his carpool whole, karaoke is what gets you. Yeah, I find his whole shtick to just be. Anno- like just not just not great like it's well, it's fair. always sad like so many of the great late night hosts we've not i mean lost both and like yep for, I gotcha. for whatever reason it's i've always just been like greg gutfeld's the funniest folks well just you know yeah or i mean you know like it's to see the re- you know replacements of these guys just be bad i like, know jimmy kimmel uh, ugh. 
It's you know it's 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 Seth Meyers isn't great either. No, no, Trevor not, Noah like like it's it's always terrible when like comedians come and Colbert's the worst offender. When comedians funny, aren't funny, <laughs> or or when comedians come on the show and then these hosts are not funny with them and like don't get like yeah. don't let them play the shtick and like James Corden is another one of those dudes who again like if you're coming on and you're a singer he's gonna like suck up to you but if you're coming on to like if you're a comedian coming on to pitch a new comedy special it's always just awkward and weird and he yeah he has these wrong vibes and i was i'm a huge conan guy like old school conan was hilarious and yeah it's just it's just uh it's good to see but like there's these people who have these likability like when your brand is built on likability you should actually try and be the person because look at ellen degeneres she lost she really did lose her show yeah because she was awful to her team james corden i think has already announced he's leaving his show yeah um but now he's got a real likability issue. And it, yeah. it's that kind of story that can do a lot of damage to someone's reputation, especially when it's very easily found to be true. Yeah. Right. And so you need to make sure that you don't suck in public. <laughs> and and to see all these two to read the stories where he's like, I demand free stuff to make. It's like you when, when especially it's so frustrating too in the in the like restaurant industry, like margins are so tight. Like, yeah. Every time you're giving something away, like it's it's not only a loss to the restaurant, but it's also something that the server is not being tipped on. Like it's yeah. it's very obnoxious, especially to watch people who clearly can pay for this stuff themselves. Like it's why I do think you they- remember? Well, you probably wouldn't, but do you remember there was a sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. this old school Kim or Keeping Up with the Kardashians when she married Chris Humphries and they moved into the apartment in New York right after they got married, and she like opens mail in front of Scott Disick, and she's like, "Oh, look, a free yoga membership." He's like, "Yeah, I don't know how you would have ever been able to afford that on your own." Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's very it's, much it's, like that. Yeah, that's it's it's just very obnoxious because again, like I hate this whole influence culture where like people are like getting paid to like post things on Instagram and then they get the free stuff like. Yeah, it's just it's it's it it is it's obnoxious to me and yeah to to like Corden to be like I give me free champagne because I feel somehow slighted because like because there was eggs a, came out yeah. different like dude listen it, my husband we go to restaurants and if the eggs aren't right he quietly gets annoyed yeah but not we don't like publicly say it because also he's like a really good cook yeah and so like if he's like if I can get them right at home why can't they get them right at a restaurant fair but he's yeah. not mean to anybody about it. he just compl- like we just complain back and forth to each other i'm very careful about picking my spots like if someone's if, if mm. the service is genuinely difficult and then it's not great if someone's like if someone's being bad or you know for like it's 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 like one thing to complain but it's another thing entirely to just complain especially at this place right like yeah it's I'm one of the sure, best restaurants in new york City. i'm sure everything was spectacular compared like I'm talking, yeah, like I'll only complain if it's like a problem or something that like can be fixed very easily. Like, hey, it, you're missing the side. Like, yeah, I want that. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you just can't be rude to people. And if no, your brand is built on likability, nice. don't suck. Yeah, like, that's the bottom line. Now, our last pop culture piece is a little spooky season vibes right now. Uh, <clears throat> this headline from the New York Post. <clears throat> make sure I clear my throat so you can hear me clearly. I was killed and now I'm reincarnated as a boy and I can prove it. This is a story about a five-year-old boy who claims that he was an African-American woman killed in a fire and reincarnated. He has told his parents uh, that he used to be a woman named Pam when he was just two years old. <laughs> um, and that he can like try and tell like he has he's been telling his family for years that he used to be this African-American woman and that he died in this fire and that he was in heaven and then God sent him back down. And then he came back as this uh, little boy, Luke. 
I don't know what you do as a parent. I am not a parent, but I don't know what you do if your kid's coming up saying super creepy things like that. Yeah, this is all-time worst-case scenario. Uh, I am terrified by all things creepy children. Like, Yeah, I mean... There is nothing creepier than kid being like, did you see that? And like, like a... Like, whether it's an invisible friend or even something they make, you're just like, ah, this is, this can't be good. Like it just, everything since the sixth sense. I'm just like little kids seeing stuff is just Misha Barton fully out on that. Misha Barton was in sixth sense. She was the girl who threw up, Uh, um, because her mom poisoned her soup. Misha Barton from the OC. Can I pretend to look up who, I don't know. Misha Barton from the OC. She played Marissa Cooper on the OC. If you've never seen the OC, you need to see it. How do you not know who Misha Barton is? You you know, you know who Misha Barton is. She used to, she was like the most iconic to she was like the it girl in the early two thousands. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I, it's not ringing. None of the things that she's in. You don't recognize her. I do not. Well, she was in that movie. Okay, yeah. She was in a six. I, like I said, I uh, I have random pop culture knowledge, and this is it. Misha Barton was the girl who threw up. Because her mother poisoned the soup. Yeah. Anyways, back to little, little little Luke over there. I don't know. Like, do you try to call priests? Do we try an exorcism? Do we think that the kid is? Is yeah. it mental health? Are we gonna bring him? To, I don't know what you do when your two year old walks up to you and says, "I used to be an African American lady, and I died in a fire." Yeah, and it's worse that this like there's a person, right? Like, it's not like it. It'd be one thing if they were like, "Oh, he's saying this," and there's uh, like no record of this person was found. But the fact that they're like. Eh, there was a person who did die in a fire. Like, really, yeah, really no. The, the, the thing is, is, like, is it the, is it like a their and, family? The thing is, Luke's family reached out to the yeah. lady's family to learn about her because they were so convinced by their kid telling them. And if you watch any of the stuff about like mediums and things like that, they talk about how kids are like more easily connected to like the other side, as they put it. Um, but it is wild that like these people took it so far to not only publicly discuss it but like reach out to this dead woman's family to be like so funny story my two-year-old is convinced he's pam yeah surprise and this is the best line she discovered strange similarities between her son and pam including their shared love of stevie wonder and playing the keyboard yeah straight 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 weird on that yeah i I, it's one of those things where, again, I'm never, again, this is, consider the source, it is a New York Post, people will do, <laughs> people will do anything for attention, like, I, I, I want to know, when this kid's, like, 15, if he's still saying this, honestly, because, like, I, maybe, you know, who knows, it could, like, uh, you know, people will do a lot for attention, but. The story's super creepy if you read it, though, it, it says, it, they contacted, um, a paranormal investigation TV show called The Ghost Inside My Child. Yep. That's also... Red... (laughs) Nope. So they investigated the claims, and while filming, Luke was shown a full page of pictures with different black women in their 30s, one of whom was the late Pam. The child was asked to point to Pam and had no hesitation before choosing the right woman. Spooky season. It's spooky season. Yeah, I don't know what most... you say, but like um, the whole Pam Pan thing. No, I'm sorry. 
Um, we're going to leave it there, folks. If you've got thoughts yeah. about the whole Luke-Pam situation, let this, us know. This will be a Lifetime movie in the next six to eight months. I mean, it has to Maybe be. Maybe even sooner. I, I really want... Pam died 24 years before Luke was born. Yeah. Can you imagine somebody Someone died? with numerology is going to like figure out that uh, no, crack I mean. the code. But Is it like the birthday? Is it... Do you know if they like their her death day lines up with like no? I, I, there's nothing that says that. Twenty four years waiting. Here's the thing. This is my question. Twenty four years to reincarnate someone. Hey, you know it's what? kind of a lot of time. Like I could see it. I could. I could see people being like it was immediate. It was like the same day. Like and then there used to be a show called Drop Dead Diva that was on Lifetime about a woman who died. She went to heaven and then they immediately sent her back down. She used to be a model and then they sent her back down in a larger woman's body. That's like the whole premise of the show. It was like maybe 10 years ago on Lifetime. Um, and she like then spent a lot of her time convincing her like immediate friends from when she was the previous person who she was. Yeah. Whole Pam Luke situation. Just a lot scary with the kids. See, I'm not like worried about an Drop adult. that TV. You're going to watch the show. You should go back. I'm some, sure somebody's got some work. <laughs> I have so much to watch. Like, have, I, I don't think that's cracking the top if 10. If you <laughs> haven't seen the first season of The OC and you ever want a full fundamental understanding of what pop culture was like in the early 2000s, turn on the first season of The OC. Yeah. I'll... It's on Hulu. I it's it's really unfortunate that there's not that, that there's an election <laughs> that there's an election in 18 days and no because now you're I'm gonna I'm gonna come in on Monday and I'm gonna I'm call not your girlfriend gonna have a valid excuse yeah I'm gonna call your girlfriend and be like I know what you're doing this weekend uh, well maybe the weather will be nice it will be I'll my grandpa's up. coming up for an honor flight on Saturday very exciting that'll yeah. be cool I'm gonna go see him those are him. those are really neat too like, yeah yeah so we'll see where I can find him but that's it um. Actually, on the mailbag, let's make a request. See if anybody sends in. Mailbag at taxstrategies.co. Send us like a spooky political story. What's the best spooky political story you have? Yeah, there's actually some really good ones. Yeah. We'll do a... Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, haunted. We'll do like a... I can't say Christmas extravaganza because that's not the correct holiday. We could do next week's episode will be a spooktacular. Yeah. You know the, the Simpsons do a Halloween episode? Tagline. Halloween episode. Halloween episode. I like it. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, up and down, all around. Great news. Republicans are doing well. Yeah. Join us again next week for the spooktacular edition of the Tagline Podcast brought to you by Tag Strategies. Go get them. Goodbye. Go Bills. Go Bills. The Bills make me want to shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now. The Bills are making it happen now. Stand up now. Come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say you will. Shout it right now, baby. Say you will. Come on, come on. Say you will. Come on and shout. Say you will. Yeah. Buffalo's happening now. Wanna? Yeah.